2: Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever
3: you can get your podcasts. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great
1: price when you bundle home an auto, they offer you round the clock protection. Something you probably don't know. A driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know. There's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know. A basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
2: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Derek Jeter! This is the
0: Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome. To a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast, I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante, and the 2022 Major League Baseball regular season is just around the cornball because Rob Manfred led us all to believe we were coming back. The owners were making progress using Bob Nightingale as their mouthpiece, sticking their hands inside Bob Nightingale's body and moving his mouth around like this? Where does the hand start? How does it get up there? That's for you to decide. I got to keep my job. Bob told us all they were making progress on a deal. A bunch of people agreed they were making progress on a deal. On, on Monday night, it was, right? So, a lot of people stayed up. A lot of people wanted to be awake when the 2022 regular season was finally blessed. A lot of people wanted to be there for the big moment. I was ready for Yankees. But I thought about Yankees baseball on Monday night, in a real sense, not in a sense where I'm talking about the past or I'm just bringing up something I remember from my childhood. I started to think about Yankees baseball for real for the first time in a long time on Monday night. Woke up on Tuesday, still feeling optimistic, seeing it hadn't gotten done yet. And as the day went on, boy, oh boy, had the wool been pulled up over my eyes very slightly. We're going to talk about all that, of course, as well as the Yankees hiring of Hensley Hensley, mulets to fill out their coaching staff it's not a normal third hitting coach to have and then of course joey gallo who's doing a great job during the lockout and as well we're going to talk about what happens to the new york Yankees schedule of course this could all be irrelevant in a matter of days as more games get ticked off the clock but for now here's what we know about 2022 folks make sure to find us on apple podcast google podcast spotify wherever you get your podcasts Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it and give us your time live on YouTube Mondays and Tuesdays. Tuesdays, because it was 2 o'clock Eastern. So uh, Tuesdays, it's, it's Mondays and Thursdays, but it's 2 o'clock Eastern. Um, Thomas Carinante had this depressing note on my desk. Uh, we're in the office today. It's been a while. The Adam, baseball is back. Signed, Anthony. Um, now, I don't know Anthony. He's uh, somebody I think was trying to work with us uh, two years ago because this note is from February 2020, another time when baseball was not back at all, not back now, wasn't back then. There is a coronavirus pandemic. In 2020, the pandemic that we knew nothing about that seemed like the most communicable disease that is has ever spread, that was killing people silently and secretly back in February and March before we shut everything down, terrifying, and a scary reason to lose a baseball season. You had to do it. You People couldn't be contacting each other. We can't be having people in closed spaces. We can't be having players in clubhouses. We can't be having any of that. We had to shut baseball down. We ended up with a truncated season. This year, the NFL, today on Thursday, took away their COVID protocols for the future. Is there still a pandemic out there? Yeah, it's a concern, but it is certainly not a reason to cancel baseball. And after I watched it cancel baseball in 2020, and now watching what is currently canceling baseball in 2022, $30 million difference between two parties, bad faith ownership. It's more embarrassing than ever. And I'm going to rip this note while you start speaking. Because baseball's not (laughs)
3: bad. It's... It, I, and watching and the sad part about what happened the other night, everyone, was that was our first real taste of actual off season stuff. We had never gotten the thrill that we're usually treated to with late nights, uh, late night free agency, late night trades, winter meetings, all that. So this was our this was our little off season moment where everyone was getting a little bit excited. You were getting geared up. I will say though, a large majority of Twitter. What was taking Bob Nightingale's updates with a grain of salt? And I thought it was very funny. Mm-hmm. I was very, I was, I was, I had excitement geared up within me. Um, but I was very cautiously optimistic about it because it felt too good to be true. Um, uh, just given everything that's happened up until this point. Um, and then you see the stuff that comes out afterward where it's like, yeah, why did I even get fooled? I got fooled a little bit because I wanted to be excited because I wanted to feel good. Cause I'm sick of not feeling good about this. Um, and it's, you don't want it to um, rule your life as, you know, being a baseball fan and loving the sport and loving the players that you follow and loving your team. Um, but we never should have ever had positive feelings because these owners are clearly um, operating with some sort of malicious intent, Ross stripling, Former Los Angeles Dodger, current Toronto Blue Jay, who screamed at his teammate last year while he played the Yankees, um, yelled at Joe Panic during that game because he made that error on Giancarlo Stanton grounder. In case you don't remember, um, came out and said that at the at midnight they were negotiating on Monday beyond uh, beyond midnight, um, and the owners were trying to sneak some provisions in in fine print, be, you know, and to get it get it by the players to get the deal that they had preferred. He didn't go into specifics about what it was, but he was essentially saying they were kind of playing it off like we were just dumb jocks, dumb athletes who didn't know how to negotiate or know the know anything about important topics or economics or you know uh, workers' rights, you know all that type of stuff. They just thought, oh, they're baseball players. They you know they lift weights, they play a sport for a living, and that's that. So, and then when you realize, and then you see Rob Manfred, I know a lot of the snapshots have depicted him as this kind of jackass because he was smiling before officially announcing the first two series of the season were canceled practicing Um, his golf swing yeah practicing his golf swing like not addressing the media beforehand just in passing oh yeah we're working on it yeah no shit you're working on it dude because it needs to be worked on and it's now three months too late that it's being worked on so like why don't you stop for two minutes and say something to a reporter to not look like A clown. Everybody is calling him a clown and they're probably right. Um, Mm -hmm. I will reserve my insults for off the air if you guys are okay with that. Um, But and then you and then you look at just the world in a greater scope. You know, you have Russia, Ukraine. It's a very troubling situation. Everybody's feeling badly about it. And then you have the owners who are trying to pull this stuff and manipulate um, the, 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 the employees and the people who work for them, who make them all this money. Um, and you just you think about baseball and you're like, what does baseball even matter? What does baseball even matter at this point? World relations are not great. And then these the, the owners are going to try to do this to make a few extra million dollars. Um, Rob Manfred once again comes out and uh, talks about the riskiness of owning an MLB team. Um, and there was some crazy stat that they had appreciated or they had um, they had profited, uh, I think, 10 billion dollars since um uh, 2016. He was saying like the last five years have been very rough on the owners and there's been a collective profit of 10 plus billion dollars. Um, so the definition of bad faith negotiations, the definition of lying to the media, um, this stuff is all easily researchable. Um, so you know how badly it's gotten and you know how angry the pl- if I'm one of the players at this point, um, I, I'm willing to cancel the season. I'm willing to not do anything because if this is how they're going to act, then they are going to – I I would make it a point to be like, okay, great. You don't want baseball? I won't get a paycheck for a year. Let's see how many profits you truly lose out on. Because Mm -hmm. you're playing during COVID. You got a 60-game season. You made some of that money back. You had playoffs. You had World Series. You had your TV deals for at least a third of the year. How about nothing? How about nothing this time around? Nothing for some of the players would be absolutely detrimental. um, But they have to make a point because future generations – are going to be affected by this. The next five, what, what are CBAs? Usually five years. I know some are longer. Um, this one was before 2017, right? So it was five, six years, but like, that's a long time. And if you're not negotiating the proper minimum salaries, if you're not negotiating the proper, uh, arbitration, uh, you know, the, the arbitration process, if you're not, um, if you're not getting more bonuses or more cost of living raises or more, um, uh, you know inflation raises for players as time goes on then in five years it's gonna be it's gonna be even worse as it is now for the middle and lower class of players so <clears throat> and now the Yankees um if we want to get into more Yankees talk now yeah uh, sure first seven games of the season are out four against the Rangers, three against the Astros <clears throat> um the silver lining here it was a seven game road trip to open up the year What could be cool if the season started on April 7th, which is what it's projected to do right now, um, which it won't, by the way, it will be May 1st at the earliest. um, It would be opening day at Yankee Stadium against the Boston Red Sox. Pretty cool. Would be pretty fun. Um, But if we're going to dive into a little bit about how the first two series kind of affect the Yankees, um, I don't want to get too ahead of myself because we might not even have a season. Um, But this is a bummer for a couple of reasons. One, the Rangers, the Yankees typically handle the Rangers fairly well in the regular season. I know the Rangers have upgraded, um, but they still have very bad pitching staff. Yeah. Um, they do have a better lineup, um, but the Yankees pitching was very good. So you have to think on paper, okay, this would be a solid matchup. Yankees probably win this series. Okay, maybe. I don't know. Um, and then you talk the Astros series. Astros, we like playing the Astros. I like playing the Astros, um, except for when they absolutely force us to melt down. Um, but I like the energy in the regular season. I like that. I like all the, the, the discourse on the games. Um, and don't forget, the Astros and the Yankees were separated by three games last year. Um, and the Astros had supposedly a very, really, really a, a very, very good season. The Yankees did not. They were three games apart. Two of those games were the biggest meltdowns you've ever seen the eighth inning home run at Yankee stadium by Jose Altuve. And then the ninth inning home run six, seven run uh, ninth inning at Minute Maid park right before the all-star break. So these teams really are not far off. I'm not saying they're going to tie and the, the the head to head tiebreaker will play a role later on in the season, but you have to think those head to head matchups will play some sort of role in potential playoff seating. And now the Yankees are losing three of those games. So Say what you want, I know Astros fans are probably like, oh, you don't want to play us anyway, you jackasses, oh, all that. <laughs> um, but I would want to play the Astros because I think those are valuable head-to-head games. Um, and the Astros, if you if you ask me, the Yankees have their core intact. The Astros, they're losing Correa. Zach Greinke has been a big part of that pitching staff. I know he wasn't as good last year, but he still provided very good depth. Um, and Kendall Graveman's gone. So the bullpen has, has taken two hits um, this offseason. Um, so – The Yankees would have been in good position, in my opinion, there, and those would have been valuable wins early in the season. Now they're not getting any of them, so that's that's my. But it's not going to matter, guys. I'm just talking in the moment for the sake of not predicting more pessimistic stuff. um, That's what we're looking at, but we're not going to have baseball till May. So
0: I am not quite aligned on being joyful to play the Astros. I'm not, you know, I'm not exactly uh, playing the world's smallest violin to dump the Astros from, from the early part of the 2022 schedule. I will also say that my immediate reaction was, we're canceling two series? That sucks. With the Yankees, we're supposed to play the Rangers and Astros on the road? That also sucks. Who did this to yes, us? That's wild. horrible. And then coming home to play the Red Sox for the third series? It's three crazy series to start the 2022 calendar. That's now become only one. I will also say... Terrible news, major league baseball games are being canceled. Great news, Boston Red Sox games are being canceled.
3: They lose two home series to start the year. So mm, wow. one of them Ooh-hoo. was the Rays, though. I was looking forward to that. And if you really want to if you really want to get into what happened last year, other one was the O's who swept them at Fenway to open the season last year.
0: That's true. That's true. But also counterpoint cry more. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me of when. Something weird about the 2019 season. It's like the outlier in all of these seasons, where 2018 Red Sox destroyed us, uh, even though we won 100 games. It was like, you know, it's, it wasn't even close. 2019, we absolutely flipped the script. The Red Sox looked terrible, and they lost two Fenway Park home games to the Yankees London series. So, two of the games where we'd have to go to Fenway were just overseas, and they were being played so clearly with a rocket ball in like a jet stream nobody could get anybody out nobody could control their pitches one of those games the Yankees almost blew a 17 six lead I think it might have been 17 eight but it became 17 13 with the bases loaded or something um and the second game Yankees were down like three two and ended up winning it I want to say 13 10 and the bases were also loaded at the end of that I mean those games just never ended they were football games um, but the last time that that rivalry really felt right was when the Red Sox got home games robbed from them. Uh, it wouldn't be a Yankees Go Yard podcast without just a mysterious two-minute dip into talking about how the Red Sox are negatively affected by something and how that's kind of good. But obviously, I do not think the lockout is good. I will just say that I am, I am distressed To lose any games, whether they were competitive or whether they were, you know, I'm not excited that that's the way the Yankee schedule is supposed to open, but I would rather play it than not play it. The Yankee schedule seems to start tough more often than not. And you're right, I'm not optimistic for anything sooner than May 1st. I think it's very obvious that Rob Manfred and the owners, certain sect of owners have no interest in playing before May 1st. And if they could get rid of April baseball in general, they probably would. I think they wake up every day at least some of them, wondering why this sport ever started in April. Whose pr- genius idea was it to knock off this part of the calendar? Never mind that it's a part of Americana and a part of tradition. And not to go even further than that, but, you know, it, you know a lot of what Republican senators and Republican government officials are always talking about, you know, let's get back to the 50s, return to, you know, when everything was pastoral or whatever. And these 80-year-old Republican billionaires who are on MLB teams are like, the 50s, everyone there was dumb. Like, no baseball in April, uh, it's incredibly stupid to do that. Tradition sucks. Um, let's cancel all traditions. So that's also some real bullshit. And, and the fact that they were trying to slide uh, all those provisions in there that... Um, <laughs> sorry. I went to check out the live chat. That's yeah, that was good. Not exactly. I'm not going to read these comments on the air. Anyone who wants to look at them can look at them. Uh, not real legitimate comments. Um, but uh, the, the fact that, you know, May 1st, I'm not optimistic for, I feel like that is the earliest fulcrum, but people have said it before. It's not something I'm in, in pulling out of thin air. Uh, not only is Jackie Robinson Day on April 15th, but it's the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson actually breaking the color barrier. Right. Uh, every anniversary of Jackie Robinson doing that is noteworthy and worth celebrating. There's a reason we wear 42 on our backs on that day. But the 75th anniversary, and not just, not just 75, which is a number you all know. We remember the 50th anniversary. It was when they retired Jackie's number. It was Bill Clinton at Shea Stadium. Rachel Robinson was there. It was a huge deal. It was the first year that baseball really took this seriously. 75th is the diamond anniversary. Baseball, diamond, anniversary. We're really going to not have baseball on April 15th. So I know Rob Manfred and his cabal of owners, and I don't know who these people are. John Henry, who was brought to my attention, is not even in America right now, the Red oh. Sox owner. He's overseas having European vacation. Maybe he's double dating with Bill Belichick and Linda Holiday on a weird boat called Seven Rings Six Stolen or whatever the name of that boat is. Um, but some people clearly don't care. The Northeast owners, I would say are probably first and foremost. That probably includes our boy too. They're not exactly enamored with playing April baseball when the school's not out. And they've seen what it looks like Yankee stadium in June, July, August packed at night, packed during the day, Saturday, one o'clock home games. And you watch the April games and there's 22,000 people here, but it looks more like 8,000 and it's 32 degrees in the bleachers. So, I think we should play unpopular opinion. I think we should play all those games because I love baseball, but it seems like ownership has no intention of starting the season on time and never did and is going to, I am not as pessimistic about the season in general. I don't think we're looking at an axed year or a lost campaign. But I don't I think it's I think it's realist to say that these owners had no intention of playing the start of the year. Many players have said as much Wilson Contreras said it today. Jason Hayward said it in a very introspective Instagram post yesterday. Uh, They're not hiding the game. It's become very overwrought to say they're saying the quiet part out loud, but they're absolutely doing that. Uh, they, they set a deadline that needed to be met to have games start at the start of the regular season, right? But that where'd that deadline come from? No player said, we require a one-month ramp-up before regular season baseball begins. It's just sort of a rough estimate the owners threw out, and they extended it once from Monday to Tuesday because they were trying to make everyone think they had a chance of getting a deal done, even though the player said, no way, you're sliding stuff into the CBA we've never seen before, our tone hasn't changed, you just keep saying that our tone has changed. They thought they were getting close, in quote. They wanted to make it seem like they were getting close. So they extended their fake deadline. Then they met their fake deadline and, and blew past it. And then all of a sudden, Manfred says, oh, no. We passed the deadline that doesn't exist. So I guess we have to cancel the first two series of the year. It's been two days since then. They're having an informal meeting in New York today. That's not why we're in office, but I wish it was. Um, but two days, I mean, they just let two more days go off the clock after 43 days went off the clock. So if you're trying to get baseball back by April 15th, which you're not trying to do, you would be hurrying up a little bit. If you're trying to get it back by May first, you're working at a fine pace.
3: Yeah, I thought it could have been a ploy, maybe for the owners to maybe bring to the players' attention that playing April sucks and they don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I wouldn't agree with that. I don't really care um, if they want to shorten the season a little bit and expand the playoffs. Like, okay, maybe then you're changing the, you know. It, the intrinsic value of the game of playing 162 games and you're changing how records are achieved and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. The meeting is over, actually. Breaking news. Oh, there the, you go.
0: 90-minute uh, 90 90 minute meeting between the MLB and the MLBPA. Yeah. I'm sure that did it. Good. I bet we're about to get a season announcement. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I can't let... La- I mean, somebody's got to explain this to me, whether it's in the, whether it's naked person, naked picks person in the chat or you. Um, <laughs> what is... I don't understand how the reporting went down. There were those reporters behind a chain link fence. And then it was like, what was Bob Nightingale doing? Just running from stadium to stadium because they were in two different places, yeah. right? They weren't in the same room and they were sending Pete, they were, they were moving, they were going to separate in their own quarters to discuss stuff. And then someone would be getting information here, relaying it over there. So like, what was that archaic? Like that was like, a, that was like a Aristotle scribe from <laughs> 600 BC, like just mm-hmm. recording information and delivering to swaths of people behind a chain link fence, trying to figure, you know, these people also like trying to get autographs and like maybe tailgating in the middle of, in the middle of this parking lot. In From Bob Nightingale. Like yeah. Bob Nightingale, Nightingale signing autographs. Eagles. What is going on? How did, that, how did this come to be a thing? I, I really, it's, it's, it's like that adds to the, to the, to the comedy of this theater. Like, They can't even have a reporter on site, like responsibly disseminating information to the public, which the public has a right to know, which with what's going on here, because the public funds all of these endeavors, whether it's the owners, whether it's the players, whether it's the stadiums with the, with taxes and everything. So they can't even get on the same page with relaying information about a negotiation and then they're going to use somebody to lie and then have, and then deal with the fallout after that. It's just, I the the priorities are so out of whack. Everything is so ass backwards with this league. Um, And they're not going to lose me as a fan because I love baseball, but they're losing people. They're losing more and more people because you look around the other major sports and the NFL, they figure it out. They've catered to players in a multitude of ways. Um, I know there's still work to be done there, but, NBA is probably the most powerful league. Players can literally do whatever they want. You see people sit out until they get trades. You see players sit out for load management because, hey, I don't want to play 82 games. I want to be ready for the playoffs and fresh. So I'm going to play 60 and then I'm going to dominate in June when all the games matter. So every other league, I I, I don't know what the NHL, I don't know what the NHL situation is, but we've even seen the NCAA, the worst of them all make strides in various departments and MLB is just so behind, and they're going to the, – the only thing that they have going for them is, oh, we're the only sport that dishes out $250, $300 million contracts. Yeah, and there's only a handful of them. So that's no longer an argument for you. But the image here um, and how the owners kind of dominate the discourse as opposed to the players who are the workers um, has to. if you're a diehard NFL fan and you're like, you know, part-time baseball guy – you know, huge Giants fan, but you know, oh, yeah, I follow the Yankees. I like the Yankees or, oh, I like the Mets. You have to be laughing at major league baseball right now, or just be like, you root. This is like, this is what you invest your life into. Okay, dude.
0: When you're talking about the NBA and playing 60 games, Rob Manfred's ears just perked up. He was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you did it. 60 games. Really? That's a possibility. People still watch yeah, that I sport. Do. You sure? Um. Yeah, all this, be, being devoted to this league. Again, I'll be back. I'm not saying I'm not going to be back. Yeah. I'm not going to stand in front of here and be like, I'm done. I renounce baseball today. I'm no longer a baseball fan. It, it's infuriating to watch, but of course I'll be back. This is the number one thing I've cared about and talked about since I was six. But even my enthusiasm is waning, and, and that goes towards the Yankees too. I, I care about the Yankees more as they prove they care about me I've certainly lost some enthusiasm from 18 to 19 to 20 to 21 when I watch Hal Steinbrenner make these monetary decisions. When I watch Aaron Boone get a three-year contract instead of a one-year. When I watch Aaron Boone get job security. When I watch Brian Cashman have eternal job security. When every year I watch this team go 45% of the way that contenders typically go, while I watch the Dodgers go all the way every season. The Padres go all the way every season. The Red Sox trip ass backwards and whatever they do, but most of the time, they're spending too we're spending is just never the right amount so of course my enthusiasm for the yankees has absolutely waned and i don't think that's just because i am older now i think that's because i'm watching what's happening for like if the people don't care about me i don't care about them so much and and that certainly goes for the sport of baseball too because i'll be back i will absolutely be back but i it, you know watching a loss isn't worth it to me anymore where it might have been when i was younger now I just don't have pay- – if the Yankees are down 7-2 in the fifth inning, I'm not going to watch that game. If I check my phone and see the Yankees are down 3-0 in the first, I'm probably not going to turn that game on either. I'm going to follow it. I'll watch yeah, it late. But at this point, the pain that comes from putting myself through watching a loss is not worth it because I don't care about the game as much as I used to. And that's just it. Like, you know, if, if the most important game of the season, of course. I'm there two hours early. got my jacket on and I'm in my apartment. But <laughs> – Tough-looking loss during the regular season? No. Probably not going to watch. Probably just going to absorb it, and if we ultimately win, then that's fantastic. But you're not going to lose me. You're going to lose plenty of other people
1: progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog
0: check front door check window check other window rest chin on ground look into distance bark for no reason check front door check window check other window
1: your pet has has a very busy schedule so it's up to you to make sure they're protected that's why progressive car insurance covers your pets for up to a thousand dollars if they're ever in a car accident with you
0: chase shiny ball lose shiny ball find shiny ball
3: eat shiny ball
1: Get coverage for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms.
0: Now on to actual news. I don't know why we got this when we got this, by the way. We got this right as the season was disintegrating. Or I guess uh, people were talking about pulling the season back together. It was right at that. It was right when the Bob Nightingale stuff was getting fed to us. The fake scoops, the real scoops, the non-scoops, the mouthpiece stuff. Uh, the Yankees finally got their third hitting coach. In addition to Dylan Lawson, the official hitting coach, promoted minor league coordinator, in Casey Dykes, another minor league promotion. The third hire, we heard they wanted someone experienced, major league experience. Of course, they made that third hire. It was Eric Chavez. He left for the New York Mets. We did not stop him. Very interesting that we did not do that, but is what it is. All the names in the aftermath of Eric Chavez leaving were hilarious and strange. Uh, all of them had major league experience, but Mark Trumbo, first time I've heard of him as a coach, found out he retired when he was involved in the discussion for the Yankees job. Eric Hinsky was the favorite for a while. Yeah, okay. I mean, a nice guy, guy I would welcome into the clubhouse, but um objectively, they seem to be pretty enthusiastic about Chavez, and I don't know what of Hinsky's,, uh, you know, I don't know what qualifies him to, to make them just as enthusiastic. It felt like kind of just like a boisterous, um, you know, rub some dirt on it. Guy didn't really jive with the rest of the hitting philosophy. Uh, uh, Devin Mezzarocco, I heard at some point, where eyeing, mm-hmm. you know, another guy I found out retired because he's involved in this assistant hitting coach search. Then all of a sudden, we hire Hensley Muellins to be that third hitting coach in the trio. The assist, again, assistant role. Dylan Lawson's still the head man. He's one of his two assistants. You may remember Hensley Mullins from being Bam Bam Mullins, from being a Yankees rookie in the early 90s, late 80s, top prospect. Didn't Mm -hmm. do much at the major league level, but was a Yankee for several years. You may remember him from being the San Francisco Giants hitting coach during their mini dynasty of 10, 12, and 14. And perhaps most importantly, you may remember him from interviewing for the Yankees managerial job in 2017 that Aaron Boone ultimately got and probably being the best candidate for that job. Not receiving it. For whatever reason, he worked. Uh, he also managed the Netherlands teams in the World Baseball Classic with Dee Dee and yes, Andrelton Simmons and Xander Bogarts. Um, decidedly overqualified for this job. And no discussion of this role change would be complete without saying that, again, he interviewed for the 2017 job and has now been brought into the organization. Uh, so there were only six interviews, as far as I can tell, that were completed during that 2017 search. Two of them have been hired by the Yankees this offseason. Muelens is the third hitting assistant. Carlos Beltran in the Yes Network booth. And Luis Rojas, who was a major league manager last year, is also now on Aaron Boone's coaching staff. So if the coaching staff was the problem last year, we've got some experience in the building now. All new hitting coach staff, including a potential manager of the future. There's a manager from last season at Aaron Boone's right hand, And there was another Yankees managerial candidate in the building for one-third of the home games, probably providing analysis on each and every one of Aaron Boone's decisions in much the same way Buck Showalter did last year in the postgame show, which later got him hired as the New York Mets manager. So Hensley Mullins, big deal for many reasons.
3: Yeah, and a little bit awkward because Mullins was um, the Mets bench coach for the 2020 season Mm -hmm. um, and then was fired after that season as an apparent scapegoat because the Mets had to do something because I don't know if they wanted Luis Rojas at that point. Um, And he, Luis Rojas, was fired after 2021 and then he came over to the Yankees. So um, interesting dynamic there with Luis Rojas and Hensley Mullins. I don't know a whole lot about Mullins. I just know, I know the bullet point list that you kind of went down. Mm -hmm. Um, But the greater conversation here that has significance is the tremendous for the most part experience on this staff Um, better than that they've had with Aaron Boone, I think. Um, So does that speak, does that sound the alarm bells on what might happen to Aaron Boone? If there's another underachieving season or um, if they're producing in some ways and then they're, you know, look, if the Yankees didn't have the worst, one of the worst offensive seasons collectively that we've seen for a team of this caliber. Still a fine offensive season, but once again, expectations a little bit different when you have star players who should be a lot better than they are. Something's got to give. Something's up. I don't know. Okay, maybe they dealt with bad injury luck. Maybe the maybe they just had an unlucky year. Things happen. But if you're talking about going into a season now and say the defense picks up and say the offense produces the way it does, But what if the Yankees lose those games that we get so infuriated with because it seems like there's a lack of managerial instinct or baseball gumption? Does that – and maybe it happens later in the year. Maybe it happens in the postseason. Does that weigh into the team's decision-making after the year with Aaron Boone? That's kind of what I got out of it, maybe. Or maybe they're just trying to bolster the staff around Aaron Boone because they're confident in what Aaron Boone can do with more knowledge and talent around him. I don't know. But when you think about it, if you're truly looking to improve all these elements of the game and all of those elements of the game theoretically improve and you're left with a guy who's making the wrong pitching decisions or constructing the lineup not really optimally um, and things like that. Could weigh, could weigh into it because we look at Aaron Boone's contract. Oh, th- what was it? Four years, three, four years,
0: three. It's three years three now. Reset it. Yeah. You can, yeah. we'll, we'll see a lot of Aaron Boone.
3: Yeah. And everyone's like, I mean, yeah, we might, everyone's bugging out. they like, Oh, we he's going to be here for another four years. It's like, no, he could be gone after next year. Like it doesn't it, anything, you know what the Yankees are going to do. They're not going to give somebody a one-year extension because yes. it's not, it's, it's going to create more conversation. That, that
0: doesn't happen. Yeah, does. it doesn't and happen. It's going to be two or
3: three. Yeah. Um, so you knew they had to do a multi-year deal. You know, a two-year deal might've created some questions because then that would have led people to believe, oh, so if he's bad in the first year, they'll just get rid of him before the second. That's, that's a lot easier to, to kind of cope with. And then you think three or four and you're like, okay, we probably got at least, at least two years of Aaron Boone. Um, so that shuts the people up, but I'm not shutting up. I will not shut up. I still mm-hmm. think there's a possibility here. If things go south, if they have all these new minds and talents, And resources in the building surrounding the guy making all of the executive decisions. Um, So he says he claims he's not a puppet. So if he's not the puppet, and all these people are alongside him, what happens if we don't win the division? What happens if we don't go don't get to the ALCS? Something to think
0: about. I do think it's very funny. You mentioned that the Mets fired Hensley Mullins because they were looking for some sort of scapegoat for the Luis Rojas situation. Well, how much longer did it take for Luis Rojas to get fired? Not much longer. I mean, he wanted
3: him out like halfway through the year of 2021.
0: Yeah, and so the difference is the Yankees clearly don't want Aaron Boone out at this juncture, but it's not like firing the scapegoat has been proven to be a permanent solution. Yeah. Like, oh, we've, we made a scapegoat firing, and then the manager was extended for a decade, and everybody was happy. So, the Mets fired Hensley Mullins, and then basically immediately fired Luis Rojas. The Yankees did the scapegoat firing last offseason. They fired Marcus Thames. DJ LeMahieu said, "Ah, we feel like shit. We feel so bad that we did that, but we did do that." Uh, they also fire Phil Nevin. They lose Reggie Willits to some sort of demotion. A class. Like, I wasn't fired. I quit to be the Alabama outfield assistant. Yeah. Okay, bro. Yeah, We're very a cool. volunteer. <laughs> yeah, an unpaid internship position with the Alabama baseball team. Yeah, right. Wink. Not fired. Um, But the Yankees lost a lot of coaches last year. And that was sort of, you know, they they put the onus on the players. Hal Steinbrenner said it. Brian Cashman said it. They said, these aren't hitting. because they are not performing. Uh, Brian Cash before the deadline said, we suck right now. Right? So they, you, you feel like they're going to blame it on the players, and then they do a scapegoat firing anyway. They get rid of the coaching staff that did not – help these players reach their full potential. So we've blamed the players. We have made the firing to pave the way for Aaron Boone's dismissal if things do not get better. And, again, one year, two years, three years, whatever, we just saw the Mets cut bait on Luis Rojas basically immediately after they cut bait on Hensley Mule. So just some food for thought there. Let's have a little palate cleanser before we sign off. Um, Like olives in a salad, Joey Gallo's LinkedIn page was just a beautiful addition to an otherwise bleak hellscape of a week um the players are funny folks the owners are not funny the no. players are funny i think yes. it's important that we note that as you know you can pick you can pick whatever side you want to i have not heard an owner say anything interesting the funniest thing that that side did was rob man for doing the golf swing um, that was that was legit funny but not on purpose um, it's like a nervous tick somebody tweeted that that would be something that larry david would get in trouble for like doing a fake, practicing his golf swing during an important union yeah. meeting. I agree. It is definitely something Larry David would do, and also the commissioner of Major League Baseball would do because he did do it. You don't want to give him a photo op. You just don't want to do that. Rob Manford gave him a Daily News back cover. Yeah, he
3: and did. you're not you're not a golfer, so you don't. Mark Marco Gonzalez, the Mariners pitcher, yeah, who tweeted that picture and said uh it was like rob manfred probably uses iron covers iron covers if you're a golfer is just like a big no-no i'm a huge golfer um you're like you're just you're like a loser if you do that if i'm allowed to if
0: you're you're like yeah you're like basically like like, you
3: don't want you see that guy like on the you see that guy like you know before usually you go to a golf course you get matched up with a bunch of people you see that guy on the putty green and you think he's gonna be in your group you're like fuck i got i got iron cover guy this guy sucks and then you, when and you then said Marco.
0: When you said Marco, I thought you were going to say Marco Mera. Like Marco Mera yeah. said, Rob Manford can't Fuck, <laughs> I missed that. That would have been great. Um, but yeah, Rob Manford, not a golfer, big time idiot. The players are funny on purpose, though. So, the players are funny on purpose. The owners are not funny on purpose. And, and Jameson Tyone and Joey Gallo have both expressed willingness to get a new job during this pandemic, uh, during this MLB lockout, during this ongoing struggle. Uh, Jameson Tyone, big coffee guy, said he was looking for employment, trying to be a barista. He hit up Blue Bottle, which actually, Jameson, I do know someone who is a, a pretty high up executive at Blue Bottle. If you if you want to talk, I can actually probably make that connection and help that yeah. get sorted. If you want to come on the podcast, that'd be great. Um, but Tyone expressed interest, maybe being a barista. I don't know how many hours you want to take on. I don't know if you could take on a partial shift at a job like that. Again, the service industry stuff is really tough, so it's not like you, it's not like something you could just do as a one-off and you can, you know, make a mockery of it. And so it's really not easy. So Jameson Town, I hope you know what you're getting into. If you actually do, and if you're serious, I can help. Joey Gallo is sort of casting a wider net. He created a LinkedIn page uh, for what appears to be the first time, uh, you'd assume. Uh, He's got his full employment history on there. Not I actually didn't see anything beyond um you know professional baseball history and he didn't quite break it down as granular as he could have he doesn't have like the hickory crawdads on there he doesn't have the all-star team on there joey if i have some resume advice i would bump the all-star teams up put those at the top i want i want the first line of the resume to be new york yankees x-time mlb all-star i want my boss to be like oh my god all-star tell me about your time at the all-star game that seems like it must have been very rewarding for you (laughs) and then i have an easy i have a a ready-made answer right up top Uh, But Joey Gallop put work experience. He's got the Yankees on there. Just eight months with the Yankees. And honestly, some of that's offseason. So if I were interviewing you again, I would say, well, Joey, that's a little misleading, right? July 2021 to present, what were you guys doing in October 2021? He's like, "Mm, losing the wildcard game, just mostly sitting around. It's like, ah, buddy, that's that's not a work month. But he's got (laughs) June 2012 to 2021 with the Rangers. That's nine full years in the organization. He's got his high school stats on there. But the skills section is the most important part because – he really did take trolling himself to the next level, addressed basically everything he's faced this offseason in one fell swoop in three bullet points. I don't know if he did this himself or recommended it. Skills, striking out, hitting into the shift, getting dressed weird. Hitting into the shift, of course, you complained about that. And, and there might be a 2023 rule change where we ban the shift. So, Joey, you know, that's something that your employer might take to heart. Uh, thanks for putting it out there. Skills striking out. That's basically a response to everybody who says it's all he does. Well, he's good at it. So why wouldn't he put it on his resume or his LinkedIn page? And getting dressed weird is basically like a Yankees reporter leaking this offseason that he has OCD. So I don't know why. that was, It was news that Joey Gallo is particular about the way his pants get laid out. Um, but at least he's able to laugh about it too. And would that be in my top three special skills? Probably not. Would I have included the modifier weird? Probably not. I would have said my skill is getting dressed. And if someone said, well, how is that a skill? I would have said, I neatly lay out my pants. I'm very meticulous. And they want to go, okay, interesting. Fine. Um, what was what stood out to you here? Um, and would you hire Joey Gallo? Because we are hiring from time to time. I don't know if Q2... Uh, Joey Gallo strikes you as someone who might be a part of this team, or, or at least a culture fit. Yeah, I wonder.
3: Um, I I like it. I like this is the this is the personality the Yankees need, man. And I take I take Joey Gallo on the pod. Maybe hey, hey maybe he does maybe he does some op eds for us, and he he strikes down what uh, what the fans have miscon, uh, misconstrued or misconceived, whatever it may be. Um, that could be a fit. I don't see any writing skills on here. He also sh- sold himself short, only calling himself an outfielder for the Texas Rangers, when he played a multitude of positions. Um, so Joey, come on, dude, you gotta, the whole di- look, LinkedIn, not a sexy place, but you can make it sexy, not inappropriate sexy, but you can make yourself look a lot more important than you actually are. Um, people go, you know, you see people uh, beefing up their social media skills to sound like, you know, they were, they're running seven tweet decks at a time and, and running it, uh, you know, operating the, the Twitter account for, you know, a, a billionaire or something. Um, everything's over-exaggerated. Everything's, uh, everything's, um, overdone. I, 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 the easiest way to put it, uh, Joey could have actually done a little bit more on that front, I think. Um, but I, I like the humor man, um, because that piece for him, um, that piece about him earlier in the off season, um, you know, I've criticized Joey Gallo just because, uh, I wasn't sure that this was a fit the Yankees needed. Um, and, uh, um, he got he the same thing kind of came up this offseason when that anonymous scout or uh, anonymous executive was like, do we even vet people's personalities before they walk through the store? Like, does Brian Cashman even care about that? Um, and then they talked about him laying out his jersey. He liked to have it ironed, apparently didn't like any wrinkles. Hey, Adam and I sometimes look like slobs at work or, you know, at mm-hmm. home. If you're going to iron your clothes, steam your clothes in the AM working from the living room, that's a plus for me. Do your hair. I did my hair today. I was feeling it. Um, but if Joey's doing that every day, I think employers should be looking at that. Um, I'm glad he sh- I'm glad he was able to laugh about it um, because I'd be pissed if that shit came out about me and then people were questioning my fit on a team because of the way I like to put on my belt um, or some <laughs> particular ritual I had before. Again, none of your business, dude. What if those rituals were helping him hit? If those rituals are helping him hit 40 home runs, what does it matter what he's doing? As long as he's not hurting anybody or or doing anything like super creepy, it doesn't matter. So, um, I like that he, uh, he kind of brought it full circle because a lot of us forgot about that piece, uh, because of all the things that have happened over the last few months, overshadowing more granular Yankee stuff. Um, and I like this. I like I like play. I like Yankees players coming out expressing their personalities a little bit more. I really like the Aaron, like Aaron Judge interview with R two C two. I thought that was great. I want more of that. I want more players going out talking about their situations, being candid, showing who they are, um, expressing certain characteristics that you don't necessarily see when they're on the field or ones that we assume we done. We've done a lot of assuming over the last couple of years because. Nobody's in the clubhouse. Nobody is relaying information. So you just look at body language on the field. You look at general performance on the field. You look at all these other facial expressions. It, it, It goes on and on about how many assumptions you can make based on just little cues here and there. And maybe we've gotten the wrong idea. Maybe we've gotten the wrong idea. I do not know. But as long as more players come out and talk express sense of humor, not even sense of humor. They could be angry people. They could be sad people. They could be fun people, whatever it is. I want, I want something that's discernible here that I could work with so I can know the players. It's more fun rooting for your team. When you know who players are personally, I don't like not knowing who people are. It's not, it's not fun. You develop no connection It turns into just a faceless thing where it's like, why am I even rooting for this team? I don't even know these guys. They're just guys who hit baseballs and pitch balls. What value is that? They just wear the laundry, and then that's the laundry I'm rooting for. So I like knowing players. I like the little turnaround we've had this offseason with these players. Joey Gallo, I think that was a little bit of a coming out thing for him. I know he did blast that report the moment it came out with a quote tweet. Um, But now that he's doing it again, um, and making light of a tough situation for all baseball fans, um, is a positive shows that he's a humorous guy shows that, Hey, maybe he can let loose a little bit next year in New York in the dugout or in front of the fans. Cause now everyone kind of knows me, or at least the younger generations know a little bit more what he's about based on what he did on social media so it sounds dumb it really does sound dumb it's like oh dude tweet a couple times to show your personality and then maybe we'll like you but it's true because so many people are on social media so many people are tapped into this it's like just do what you do a little bit here and there and it changes your perception it changes your image so good for you joey keep putting your pants on the way you want man
0: yeah, as long as your personality is good. If you're Trevor Bauer, don't tweet at all. <laughs> never, never, ever tweet or vlog ever again. I know <laughs> more than I could ever possibly know about your personality. Um, yeah, unless he's. Un- I can't imagine how weird the pants thing could be for me to say. Don't continue it. There's no way. Like whatever it is, thing he's into him. his pants, having somebody hold him open or something. Like what is? Yeah, crying until an assistant coach comes out and puts them on for him. Like, yeah, that sounds disruptive. At, like, whining like a baby. <laughs> Button it! Button the top! I don't want to touch it. Like, okay, if that happens, then yeah, for sure. Cut him. <laughs> then someone else is running the social media. Um, but unless it's that, you know, I can't I can't conceive of another uh, thing that is pants-related that is not a crime that I would say uh, Joey Gallagher to be yeah. honest for. That is it. What an episode. That's it for the Yanks Go Yard podcast on this beautiful Thursday. Still no baseball. We had hope on Monday. We have no hope now for at least a while. 90-minute meeting. No proposals exchanged. Today, no idea how much longer this could last. They talked about the parameters for the foundation, for the discussion of a new deal. Great. Again, December fucking 2nd stuff, not March 3rd. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it. Beyond happy, extremely happy. I haven't been happy in weeks, but I will be happy to do that. Until next time, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you other than live on YouTube?
3: Mondays and Thursdays at two o'clock Eastern time. Um, you can find me on Parlor. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> at Tommy's underscore takes on Twitter. Um, having a great time over there. We're also on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Um, Adam and I are there uh, posting articles, asking questions, engaging with people, doing all the fun stuff. Uh, head on over to yanksgoyard.com. Plenty of written content there for you to digest. Um, mostly lockout stuff at this point. Uh, we got some Yankees prospect stuff too. We got a cool guest next week too on the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure if that's going to be live yet. We'll keep you posted, of course. Um, but things are happening. Things are moving, um, and we're hoping we're hoping that we don't have to write another article or update you with another uh, podcast that the full first month of the season is canceled because that's what the owner said they were willing to do. We don't want to have to do that. We want to talk about roster moves. We want to talk about free agency. We want to talk about trades. The Yankees still have a lot to do. We can't forget about that. There's a lot to be done. Um, So think about it over the weekend. You have Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Enjoy yourself. We'll talk to you again on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, live, YouTube, Twitter as well. Take care.
0: Let's just get it all back by April 15th. And hopefully we'll be talking to you next week with some news on that. Until
3: next time, see you, everybody. Jamie's log, Progressive, the Harrington's backyard, day 4, 2, 18 a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp. But I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something.
1: Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. information, Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.
2: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies.